My dad was always uh, he was an overachiever, and he wanted me to be the same. So he was like, you got to be the best. You got to be. And you know, like I say, I say that, and some people might think, oh, that's too high expectations on your kid. But I mean, you really got to treat your kid like you got to know what's up. You got to be good, because I mean, every parent wants that kid that's out there in the open doing all this stuff. Like, and you just got to, you got to convey that to the kid at a young age. Like, you got to know what's up. You got to be holding strong. And he was just, like, taught me so much stuff. I've been writing for six years. He got me to do that because he got me to love reading when I was real young. He, like, taught me all this stuff about school, academics. My dad was always super smart, quick thinking. And I mean, now, like, sad story, but I go back, like, a year ago on his anniversary, and I went to the grave that he's at. And my mom, you know, of course, was like distraught over it. And she's like, I'm so sorry that your dad isn't going to be here to see you graduate, to see you become some big thing. And I'm like, because he was there for the first part, I am able to become that big thing. He trained me up for it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Cornerstone Prepcast, the podcast that gives you an inside look into how we think, talk, learn, and engage all the important issues at Cornerstone Prep. And, you know, we're kicking things back off. It's been a while since we've done this. And all of you out there, you're living through COVID land and lockdowns and online learning and everything. And actually, I got a special guest today. I'm with my main man, Ari. Ari, how you doing, brother? I'm all good, man. How's it going with you? (laughs) It's going good, man. Hey, happy birthday, by the way. It's Ari's birthday. Thank you. How old are you? I'm 16. 16. So you're 16. Sophomore. Sophomore Cornerstone. You're doing a podcast on your birthday. What more could you wish for? I don't know. Maybe a cake right in front of me, but I mean, <laughs> sorry, eh, man. Maybe next time. Best maybe, I can get, I guess. Maybe, maybe for seventeen. So, <laughs> so, or actually, it's interesting because uh, maybe it's it'd be cool to talk about how this even came about. We were actually just sitting around chilling in my office last couple times, you know, and just to give everybody out there listening a little bit of an impression. Or you just kind of come strolling in my office, like, hey, man, it's a good time, and we'd sit down and talk for half hour, 45 minutes. Famous greeting. Good time. (laughs) Good time. Why not, man? So actually talk about that. Like what what first brought you in and come starting to check in and and have some conversation? I mean, first reason I ever really came in, I mean, for the conversations, you know, different stuff, just wanting to talk about whatever, catch up on whatever. But the main reason I first came in was uh, so I could ask if I could speak at a morning devotion that we have. Because, you know, we have those every day, like 10 minutes a pop. And I'm like, dang, I've always seen these. Like back in the day, I saw some student speakers, like um, some great seniors who did it. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be like that. So I popped in and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask. Just go in no holds barred. Just be like, hey, can I do that? And then it just spiraled off from there. We talked a little bit about the, the first thing I think we said is like, well, what do you have on your mind? Do you remember what you talked about? Very first thing I talked about was my famous, uh, I took it from youth group, actually, my water bottle sermon. It <laughs> talked about, you know, how complex we are, how God created, you know, this world for us to fuel us so we can have a relationship with him and it was just I'm real happy I did it. You know what's funny man like afterwards too I wasn't I can't say I was surprised but just the student feedback was kind of a little overwhelming man you had a lot of people reaching out to you and people were saying stuff to me too talk about what that's like from your friends and your peer groups because our morning assembly is grade 6 through 12 so you're grade 10 However, you gave this morning talk and you had people from all different ages. What was their reaction and response like? The second one that I did ever was um, talking about laziness. It was more like, hey, you got to get this. You got to be on track with this. You brought a little bit more of a fiery approach. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Right afterwards, two people grabbed me um, that I didn't really talk to too often. 
And they were like, yo, this hit me, this leveled with me, this really, they told me like, I did whatever in the past couple days and your talk about laziness really hit me and I need to, you know, do better. And I'm like, that was the stuff that really got me, the stuff that was like, you know, cause I can get as many compliments or on how good I am or whatever, but like when they listen and when for they're sure. getting closer to God for it, that's the, that's the kicker. Well, and, and talk about too, the thing that I really noticed is that, you know, we got so many solid teachers and Bible teachers and, and people in Cornerstone that like talk in the morning assemblies and chapels and classes, all that kind of stuff. Man, there's just something different about when a student does it. What's that like? I mean, for students, from what I've seen, it's just, A, it's their friends. So of course, you know, there's that little bias. Like, oh, it's not the person that's going to yell at me in class for throwing paper around. It's going to be the person I don't like, do I that. Mess with. I don't do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like right. for kids, I mean, and also it kind of gives that level of like, that could be me. Like it mm-hmm. gives that level of familiar, familiarity, gives right. that level of like, I'm not saying they're not personally connected to the teachers, but like that's their peer. Right. It's different when it's coming from authority. So when it's their peer, it's like, wow, they're like me. They're like on the same level as me. I'm going to listen in on that. And I just think it's, you know, so powerful when kids are listening to other kids. I'm not saying don't listen to your authority. I'm I not get saying it, go be no, an anarchist. I get, but. I get it, bro. Like, well, that makes me think about Philippians when it talks about uh, Christ humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, became a man. And like how God, you know, Jesus became, I don't know if, if this is the right way to say it, but almost like became a peer of humans. And like he was in it, and because of that, had a different level of connectivity with the relationship that people saw and were inspired by the life of Christ. In that, we can do that too, because Christ in flesh. And I think that's what you're saying about, you know, coming down as a student speaker and being able to talk about whatever the topic is, and students connect with that. And you had some conversations with students that were about that exact thing after tell us about those i mean one person too is about to go up they're thinking about morning devotions and chapel all that i'm real excited to see them because they were the one that originally told me to go do it so when i heard them be like yeah uh, i just went up and i was super scared but i did it and it was great so i want to go do like my own morning devotion I'm like that's great i'm like that's exactly what we're trying to see we want to see more students going up there more students preaching because i mean it's not just that they're teaching about something to other people it's that in order to teach it, they know it themselves too. So it's yeah. just, you know, two-way win, personal familiarity with God, and then, you know, people learning about the subject you're telling. So it's just all around a great thing. Well, and you have, you're a dude, man. I have you as a student, right? So you're really smart. You love the study of God's word. You're very good at communicating it. You're very effective at writing and, and it's clearly something you got a passion for. And that's why I was so exciting watching you. Now you're going to like share that with the crew, man. It's really, really special. And I just got to wonder, man. So uh, talk to families because a lot of these people are listening to parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, people out there in the world. I mean, talk to us about what is it like being a young man striving to follow God in your life, trying to take God's word and make it a part of you. Man, what's it like being a teenager today with everything going on in the world and what's the, 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 to strive to live as Christ, to study God's word and live it out in your life? What's that like in the world today? And like, how does that play into Cornerstone with you and your, your, your job as a student here? I said directly, you got to have a good environment. I've seen different environments for people. I've seen how they turned out. And I'm not saying you definitely need a good environment to be anything. But I mean, I've seen people grow up in bad environments and they got led astray, but you got to really receive it. You got to be in that environment, but also let it come in. Because especially for a teenager, you know, everyone is trying to, you know, quote unquote, imprint on you, trying to get their thing across because you're the next generation. You're going to be spreading whoever's ideas that you agree with. 
So, I mean, there's temptation everywhere, you know, social media, online, all that crazy stuff. And it is hard to be a teenager, especially with, you know, like you liked, like you said before, COVID land, where all you're really doing now is being alone and by yourself on the internet. It's so much easier to fall into some temptation, but you just got to yeah. stay how, strong how, with how, it. How tough has that been for like people you know out there, your friend group, people like I that? I got like, friends out there. I mean, I can't say too many that have had like some drastic change some horrible you know, right, straight, right, but right, I've sure, seen sure. like I've seen somewhat bad situations become bad I've seen normal situations become somewhat bad it's very rare for me to see a situation in COVID that's increased that's uh, why right yeah I was so blessed when I mean since COVID started I feel like I've been getting closer to God which I'm very happy about but I'm just trying to you know lead other people in the same way same direction I don't want anyone especially my peers, people I know well being led astray like that. Did they take well to that from you? Like, you know, those encouragements and stuff? Some better than others. I yeah, mean, because right. there's two real ways to look at a peer giving you advice that I've seen from people. And one is they're on my level. They know what I'm talking about. They get it. Or the much more cynical, well, we're at the same level. Who are you to tell me? Yeah. So, I mean. Prophet's not welcome in his hometown kind of thing. Yeah. It really depends on the person. But I mean, hey, if one out of 10 people listens to my encouragement, it's worth it. It's worth talking to the 10 if one gets it. Man, talk to the parents, man. What, so what is it like for a teenager today that they might not totally grasp? I do have a tendency to think that the world you guys are living in, it's so different than the world we lived in. And we knew it was hard. We all have different challenges, too. It's not a contest of who had it the worst. But like, how would you speak to the parents out there that might just like give them some understanding about some of the difficulties you mentioned social media you mentioned all this and you're following christ we're none of us are perfect you know we all got our stuff we got to deal with but speaking to that a little bit like just give some people a little bit of encouragement like dealing with maybe they got a a student or young person in their life a, a child a grandchild niece nephew like encourage them like what the world's like how can they maybe navigate some things out there you gotta find some way to value god above the internet you know internet is an absolute like killer of progress and people growing closer to God. Because I mean, you give a kid a phone more often than not, they're not going to go to the Bible app first. They're going to go to social media. They're going to go to YouTube. They're going to go online, go to whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much like, I'm not going to say that, you know, social media is perfect. I feel like people will scapegoat the internet for like, oh, in and of itself, it's awful. But the worst part about it is the distraction of it. Mm. For me, of course, there's things that will lead you directly away from God. But from what I've seen, the worst thing that the internet can do, because it's so much more common, is just distract you from them. And you know, your kids will tell you, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I can, I know what I'm doing. It's not like I'm on too long. You got to understand internet is that killer. Right. You got to keep them like rooted in the word. You got to get them just praying at dinner. You got to get them in the Bible 10 minutes a day. Like mm. even just that little bit of time does wonders, man. I mean... You know, like my family and I are real big on, you know, my dad was super big on praying at dinner, um, like personal Bible time. So it's just, you got to keep that biblical influence in that kid's life. Dude, I love what you said, man. That's so good because the idea of like, you're trying to give all that internet competition. Because even if you eliminate the internet, you still got to build up a base and foundation of your faith and like walking with Christ and studying his word and interacting with family. So like, here's the thing, Ari, man, I'm like sitting here and I'm watching you and we, we talk couple times a week, you know, you come in and hang out and I just look at you, man. And I think, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what went into making you who you are? Because students come to Cornerstone, right? And I think we get way too much credit. You know, people don't come to Cornerstone as a blank slate. 
you've had people that have poured into your life. You've had experiences throughout your life that have kind of formed who you are, the thinking you have, the, the your walk with Christ, your knowledge of scripture. You mentioned there like your dad praying at dinner and your family having this kind of interactions. Like, I'm like curious, man, if you'd like looked back over your life, what are some of the things that really impacted you? I know you mentioned family dinner. What were some of the things that were really impactful for you, making you kind of the man that you are today? I mean, you know, like I was talking about before, environment's a huge thing. Both my parents, my mom and my dad, both were real influential. My dad especially, I always look to him and all his stuff that he, you know, taught me like, oh, um, whatever he could, whatever he, my dad could teach me, he did. One thing he did, something I look back, super, super influential, was uh, what he very originally named Walks with Dad. Walks with Dad? Yeah. Yeah. Put that like on the cover of a book or something. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll call this podcast Walks with Walks Dad. With How about dad. that? Walks with Dad. But he, what did we do? See, he was super big on physical fitness. He used to be a super big guy. He was 440. He dropped down to like 240. Oh, that a boy. Yeah, he that was, was super yeah. big on it. So, you know, he wanted me to be big on physical fitness too. So he took me to the gym. But one thing you like doing like Saturdays or Sundays, you just do a casual 30, 45 minute walk around mm. the block. And he talked about whatever was on his mind. He, something that was very impactful was he was really, he was very real. Mm. A lot of times you're talking to your kid and you might think that, oh, they don't know what's up, but... Your kid probably knows more than you might think they do. I'm not saying there's some absolute mastermind or you think there's some knucklehead, but your kid knows more than they likely let on. More, more about what? More about what? I mean, just, you know, everything. Just like just events. Just life, go- the world, yeah. everything. Yeah. Just like right. current events going on. And kids have their own feelings, their own opinions. And my dad understood that. So he was talking to me. He talked to me about whatever, whatever thing in the Bible, whatever thing going on in the real world. And how old were you when you started doing those walks with that? Oh, I was only like eight or nine. So you were like an elementary kid, young Yeah, child. oh yeah. But like he talked to me about these controversial things that you got like 40-year-old dudes arguing over yeah. on whatever. And he was talking to some eight, nine-year-old kid about it. And I remember it to this day. So, I mean, all that influence is something that carries along with you. And that became a real special point. Man, that's so big. And I, and I love what you're saying because I could totally identify with a similar thing. When we were kids, we had family dinner at my grandparents oftentimes and we sat around the table with adults uncles and you know people and we just talked and that sounds like you had a similar experience with your dad your dad even as a young boy seven eight nine years old your dad talked to you like a man you know that sounds like it really impacted you like talk about like how that how that impacts your faith you know life has its bumps you know and i'm sure at some point some of those walks with dad kind of came back to your mind of like okay i gotta like remember what we talked about Mm -hmm. yeah my dad was very um like I said, real influential. He, it just, you know, all around impacted me, gave me that environment, gave me that influence, gave me that knowledge I needed. So if ever I was like walking around, like even today or whatever day at this time in my life, I'll like think about things or get into a conversation with someone. And I'm like, yeah, dad had that conversation with me, whatever, seven years ago um, on one of the, you know, walks with dad, as I love to say. He, like I said, really unfiltered, talked to me like I was actually. A man, and I mean, that was, uh, I don't hasten to say it turned me into a man the way he talked to me like mm. it. Like, it was early age. It was like, yo, you got to keep yourself accountable. You got to be responsible. Something he always got on me about, and some parents, some people might view it as, like, harsh. He always got on me, like, exceptionally about, I was super forgetful as a kid. I'd leave my coat at school, which wasn't a big deal. But my dad, like, hammered it into my head, like, yo, you don't do that. You don't forget. 
uh, and he was, I, he was kind of harsh about it. And you hear that and you think, wow, that's, that's crazy. But now I don't really forget stuff anymore. I've learned like being forgetful, that's bad. That's not something you want to do. So even though it was just forgetting my code at school for however long, however many months, years, like that's hammered in my head now. Like you don't do that. That impact stays, that influence stays with all that. So Ari, something people might not know is um, you know, your, your dad passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. And, and when I look at you, like the strength that you have, and I see you sitting here, and I, every time we talk, I'm like, man, how are you able to be so emotionally, spiritually strong about a topic like that? Because I know you loved your dad. Tell me about that. I mean, um... Of course, it's four years later. It's not like this happened two months ago. If it was two months ago, it would be a much, much different story. I understand. understand. But I mean, as you progress through grief, it gets better. But some people just, it really depends on what you turn to to cope. Like for me, I used God. I used humor. And he was, you know, super influential even in his own death. I say, um, you know, my dad prepared me the most for his own death. He always taught me all that stuff about influence and impact. And even when I was real little, when I was seven, eight, I mean, of course, he never expected to die, but he would tell me like, hey, if I'm gone, you're going to be the man. And he taught me stuff, like I said, talking like I was a man. So now when I look back at those conversations when I was a kid, I mean, he isn't here to talk to me as if I were a man now. So I use those when he did talk to me as a man and like, look at that. And I'm like, okay, I can still use this. It wasn't some like baby talk like, oh, yeah, well, Jesus loves you and you got to sing these things. It was like, no. You got to get these topics. You got to get this foundation so I can look back now and I bet I'll be looking back in 10 years and be like, yep, that was still solid stuff I can use. When we talked a couple weeks ago and we were just talking, we weren't planning on podcasts, anything like that. And um, we were discussing your dad. And when you said my dad prepared me the most for his own death and what that meant was like he was training you to be a man and training you to walk with the Lord and training you to be who you are today and that that training is what enabled you to to really take that and do something with it to honor the Lord. Bro, that like really like impacted me, man. <laughs> like yeah, I got that, a lot. That, that thought, man. I mean, where that, I mean, how long have you thought? Tell me, you got to tell me about that, man. That's like kind of amazing to me. Yeah, I got a lot from my dad. Um, stuff like I'm in the middle of a lot of stuff now my dad was always uh he was an overachiever and he wanted me to be the same so he was like you got to be the best you got to be and you know like I say I say that and some people might think oh that's too high expectations on your kid but I mean you really gotta treat your kid like you gotta know what's up you gotta be good because I mean every parent wants that kid that's out there in the open doing all this stuff like and you just gotta you got to convey that to the kid at a young age. Like, you got to know what's up. You got to be holding strong. And he was just, like, taught me so much stuff. I've been writing for six years. He got me to do that because he got me to love reading when I was real young. Um, he, like, taught me all this stuff about school, academics. My dad was always super smart, quick thinking. And, I mean, now, like, sad story, but I go back, like, a year ago on his anniversary, and I went to the grave that he's at. And my mom, you know, of course, was like distraught over it. And she's like, I'm so sorry that your dad isn't going to be here to see you graduate, to see you become some big thing. And like, because he was there for the first part, I am able to become that big thing that he always, so he trained me up for. He might never, I mean, he is going to see it, of course, but not down here. I understand. 
That's amazing, man. You know, and I think well, something you said there that I think is important for parents to hear. I think a lot of parents, if I could maybe suggest this, feel like they want to have that relationship with their kid. They want to speak into their kid's life. They want to encourage them and challenge them and all the things that you're talking about with your dad. I, I know there are people listening right now that are saying, yeah, I want that or I'm trying to do that, but my kid doesn't want it. They resist me. They're pushing back all the time. Do you think kids want that? They're just fighting their parents. What's going on there? Do you have any thoughts on that? Some kids, and I, of course, hate to say this, and some parents are going to be distraught if they think it's their kid or whatever. Some kids straight up don't want it. Some kids straight up need to, like, want to do it on their own. You don't want to make it legalistic on the kid. You don't want to equate the Bible to something forced on them by parents. Something that I learned from my dad um, and my mom, too, both of them, was that, I'm trying to think of how to put this, the Bible is something you need to, you know, personally grow with. It's something you want. They never treated it like a punishment or whatever. It was something that I'm still, I had like this whole thing. I'm like, oh, this is going to sound great. Uh, I lost it. And that's how it happens, Yeah, but it's, um, they were very real. The problem that I've heard kids talk about at least, and you know, I'm not really going to give my two cents on this, but some kids talk about like, I don't like what my mom yells at me about this, or I don't like what my dad yells at me about this because they're like, oh, they're, you know, lecture, yelling. That's the thing. They view it as like a personal, like a, almost attack. You got to just be real with your kid. Like with the Bible, you have to remember, sometimes you do have to take that, you know, parent action. With, <laughs> yeah, that's the with, job, right? Yeah. yeah. But with the Bible, you aren't the authority. God is. You got to let God handle that. And like my parent, like I said, my dad, especially my mom too, both were always super real with me about it. And it was never from like an authoritative standpoint, like, oh, I know more than you when you're going to listen to what I have to say. They're always like, all right, here's a topic. Here's something you want to talk about. Maybe something that'll benefit you, not from an authoritative standpoint, but just from someone who knows more than you, honestly, and not in like a defensive way. Like, what do you want to know? What are you looking for about this topic that I can help teach you? You think, I mean, what you're saying about, you know, this conversation with your families about this kind of things, like I, I tend to believe that more young people actually want that kind of relationship with their parents than the kids will let on. Mm-hmm. You know, like they actually want that, but sometimes we have that rebellious nature in us. We push back on it. And we're teenagers. Yeah, we're teen- exactly, exactly, man. And I just like would encourage parents, hang in there. So, all right, man, this is like, we got to do this again sometime. But, oh, yeah, I, but I mean, like, you got so much to share, man. And and, and by the way, thanks for sharing that, bro. I mean, that, yeah, that's, course. I mean, I'm still processing some of that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the work of God is clearly evident in you. You, you. you are a tree that's bearing fruit and you're growing. And I praise God for that, man. And um, I know your dad be proud. Your family's proud. They should be. Um, I, I just want to kind of leave it with this, man. Maybe share some encouragement you know you've been through a lot more than a lot of young men at your age have been like maybe speak to the families like you know if they're going through some pain they're going through a difficult time with their with their with their ch- with their child or whether it's about school or maybe they've experienced loss or grief um i don't know man from your experience and what the lord's kind of shown you and what you've gone through what would you say to encourage those people a little bit my thing is um from when i grieved when my family was grieving you got to be together on it even if you think, like, outside of, you know, loss or grief, that affects the kid. But if you're, like, say, whatever, you got fired, 
you might tend to think like, oh no, this is a big problem for me and like, what am I gonna do? But you gotta think your kid's gonna be impacted by that too. And all that stuff, like especially, like I said, with loss, you gotta be together. I've never seen my family be more like compromising and coming together and like as one unit. Cause I mean, a lot of the times, you know, I say, I decipher it like my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family. Like at that point, that was just my family. Like they all came together until one, no matter what they thought of my dad. Um, and came together and were like, yeah, we need to be in this for ourselves. Or if like they were at the point where they didn't really know him, they didn't really care. They're like, we need to be in this for Ari. We need to be in this for him. Or we need to be in this for um, Ari's mom. And we just, it was, you know, family effort, family yeah. grief, but we went through it. Encourage your generation, man. What do you think your generation, like you, if you wanted to shout something to your generation to either inspire them or encourage them, what would you say? Don't be stubborn. <laughs> like you said earlier, they normally want more than they let on, which is true. So don't let whatever, you know, rebelliousness against your parents get between you and God. If you want to pursue something, even if it's to an extreme, like your parents don't want to pursue it with you, do it yourself. Like growing with God, you know, that can be, you know, like family relations with God, like family dinner, but in essence, a relationship, like with anyone, is you and them, just like you and God. You got to be, like, in that. So if you want to do it, don't suppress that. Don't rebel against that. If you feel like, hey, I want to read the Bible about this topic. I want to research this thing that I'd like to talk about. I'd like to speak at a chapel. I'd like to speak at a morning devotions. Just go for it. Like I did. I just walked in the door. And you just got to, you know, just take that shot. We'll be gracious with you. We work on that kind of stuff together. We, we're gracious with you. Yeah, it's it's, it's Talk really to good. Mr. McCall 30 minutes a day like I do. <laughs> like we got a lot of great people around here to do that, man. Reach out to a teacher. It's super, super cool. Hey, man, Ari, thank you for doing this, man. I know it's, uh, it is right now, you know, I know people are listening to this whenever. It's 530 on a school night and you're getting ready to do what? Youth group. Youth group. So you're going to be... And I had PSATs. It's, it's, a, it's a rough oh. birthday. PSATs. I got this. I got youth group. I ain't going to get home until nine. It's, I'm gonna, your, it's your happy birthday, man. Thank it's you. Your, yeah, it's your birthday. Course. It is your birthday. <laughs> what else would you rather be doing on your birthday? Be at school, taking tests, making podcasts, and youth group. Yeah. Man, Ari, thank you for sharing, bro. That's some really good stuff. And um, I look forward to setting this up again, doing it again in the future. All right? Yeah, the Cornerstone Prep Cast. Let's do it. Let's do it.